0: Welcome back, my lady, to WiseCast, the podcast for women in STEM and education.
1: I am Dr. Amber Miller. And I am Dr. Richa Chandra. On today's episode, we debate if chivalry and equality can go hand in hand, or if they conflict in the sense that you can't have equality in the context of chivalry. Some of the subtext here in this conversation is that chivalry may be sexist. But before we get into this really hot debate, Amber, how are you dressed for
0: success today? I was really trying to think about like, what do I have? What can I get dressed in success for that has to do with chivalry versus equality? And I was a little bit stumped and I just happened to put on my, um, I have this bracelet from my sister, which cause all my cool accessories like come from my sister and it says lady nerd. Right. And I was like, because we need the lady preface uh-huh. right like to it. the nerd. And and I was thinking about this, like, I mean, I love it because it says lady nerd, because I am a lady and I am a nerd, but, but I was like, there's so many of these other things, especially in current society where it's like boss lady or, you know, like all of these where we're adding the feminine, the woman, you know, like noun to these other nouns that when, you know, if we don't have the feminine part to it are we just talking about men or all the other nerds if we don't say lady nerds just men like which is not true but it's just an interesting kind of like context so I thought it fit well with the arguments and debates that we are having today but how are you just for success today Richa?
1: So I had the same kind of stumped feeling, right? Like, I'm like, what do we like wear? I was like trying to think of like something more, I don't know, like frilly and like very, you know, I don't know, like medieval times ish. And then I, I just couldn't come up with anything. But you know, kind of going along with this lady and the Arthurian legends, and and the fact that the definition for chivalry comes from medieval times, and like mm-hmm. in the context of of knighthood and and knights, right? So um, I'm kind of channeling uh, Morgan Le Fay from Arthurian legend. She's kind of the goddess in there. Um, uh, and her role was like as a savior and like protector to King Arthur. She's kind of ambivalent, I think, in the in the legend. So I have, um, I guess, I don't know how I'm connecting this, but it, it's connected. So there's like this lady on our uh, Wisest Women t-shirt here. Um, and I call her a lady because she's got this long hair, very like kind of feminine, right? Like this, this design here with all these like different science symbols and, and I have very long hair um, as well. So, you know, just kind of that, that's the the persona that I think that I embody. Um, but, you know, I kind of coming back to that whole Arthurian legend and, and like the definition of chivalry being from that time period, I I felt like, okay, this is Morgan Le Fay, right. This is not, and I think it was Guinevere or Genevieve. I can't remember or if they're one in the same person, but I used to sing um, back in high school. And I remember, singing something is it from like the sir lancelot musical anyway so for me chivalry the whole definition is so um like the connotations for me are around like romantic ideals because i think about you know, um, these these ladies that were being courted by the knights. And and when I think of like, you know, being described as chivalrous, I think of it in terms of that part of the Arthurian legends um, and definitely like Sir Lancelot being like that knight, right? That is chivalrous and always like kind of romanticizing. And um, so that that's kind of where my, my mind goes to, but I don't know if everyone has that same connotation with chivalry.
0: Yeah. And I think for me, until we kind of dug into this topic via the event that we had and then this podcast, I probably wouldn't have really given the word chivalry or the concept of chivalry like a second thought. Like I would have been like, okay, like whatever. Um, but then after really digging into it and and through our debate and conversation today, like I just... Um, I kind of want to kill the word chivalry, right? Because it, it it is, it does come from this medieval context, right? There are plenty of words that came from that time period that we don't use anymore. So instead of trying to change the definition to fit what seems current in society, like we should just kill chivalry and use things like respectful and courteous. And, you know, that those are the things so that we don't, because I think you have this romanticized context about it. But when we look at the definition, which we, you know, we'll get into here in a minute, it doesn't really have anything. It's how knights should treat women, right? And these types of things, which is not like the in the courtship aspect, it's just this general how men should respect women, right, of that time. And so I think that because of that, like we should just squash it and start using respect and courtesy and those types of words instead of trying to change the meaning of chivalry, which then I think ultimately becomes confusing because then it's like well what definition or what do you mean when you're saying chivalry or treating and doing these different types of things
1: hashtag chivalry is dead
0: (laughs) yes yes (laughs) which we'll find out right And we are so excited about our conversation with our panelists that we want to take just a moment to introduce them to you before the debate begins, starting with Nama Barnea-Gorali, the co-founder of Girl Intelligence, an app for girls to advise, support, and inspire each other. Her background is as a physician scientist in child and adolescent psychiatry and neuroimaging research, which she performed at Stanford University
1: followed by her we have Sangeeta Bakshi who has recently taken over the VP of HR and administration at Brask Incorporated prior to which she was running the engineering department she received her BS in mechanical engineering from University of Texas in Austin and her MS in engineering from Purdue University before transitioning to Brask Sangeeta worked at Ford Motor Company as a transmission calibration engineer for 9 years what a mouthful <laughs>
0: And then next up, we have Mike Borders, who does pipeline safety and compliance for NYSource and recently started teaching at Ivy Tech Community College as an adjunct professor. He graduated from Lamar University with a bachelor's in applied science in mechanical engineering technologies.
1: And lastly, we have Nikki Nguyen whose voice might sound familiar to you because she was just our featured guest from episode one, Immigrate. But if you haven't listened to that yet, Nikki is a current graduate student at Columbia University Mailman School of Public Health. She's pursuing her MPH in the Department of Population and Family Health with an advanced certification in health communication. This summer she's working at Columbia University Irving Medical Center as a research assistant and she is collaborating on a pediatric oncology study. Fun fact, she's also a graduate of the University of St. Thomas, where she worked with both Amber and me. We love her very much. So I guess before we even jump into all of this great conversation, we wanted to just define the term so that, you know, we're not, you know, just confused about, like, what are we talking about with chivalry versus equality? Um, yeah, so we can start with chivalry, which I think is
0: also Interesting and more challenging than equality, if you will, because like depending on the source, like which dictionary source you use, right? The definitions for chivalry were all a little bit different. So we kind of have a couple here. Um, One of them from like Merriam-Webster was mounted men at arms, right? Um, from oxford you know it's the religious and moral systems of behavior that the perfect knight was expected to follow of which there are several aspects like one of many right that have to do with women and what is that one of many I do not know
2: just right
0: <laughs> yeah like, uh but basically a lot of them have to do with right with respect and honor of women um and and it's very kind of odd, like some of them are like that. There are some more that are more um, current, if you will, that are just like kind and courteous. Right. But a lot of them, if we dig into the definition are like geared with how men
1: are to behave. Right. And, and often in respect with how they treat women. And then moving into the definition of equality which, you know, we're all a little bit more familiar with. It's the condition of having equal dignity, rank, or privileges with others. The fact of being on equal footing, that's from Oxford. Um, The condition, condition of being equal in power, ability, achievement, or excellence. Also, rarely the condition of being equal to an emergency. So, these are the definitions that we wanted to make sure that, you know, we we actually outlined before we dive in to the conversation, to the debate, if, you know, hopefully there's a debate here. Uh, I think (laughs) there is, (laughs) there is a debate um, from what I know. Uh, So we're going to kind of spark the fire a little bit because, you know, this is the whole, I guess, younger generation or not even younger, but, you know, this is out there in social media. Um, People say, you know, often like, is chivalry dead? subtext, like that's a bad thing. So, you know, we just want to hear, you know, from all of you and there's like, no like particular order that you guys need to go in, but what are your thoughts on that?
2: I don't think it's dead. I don't think it's dead in the sense of being respectful. You know, I can tell you I was at the gas station today and held the door open for two men, one younger than myself and one older than myself because they had something in their hands. And I just thought that was the right thing to do because it's nice to be nice.
3: I, I, I don't think it's dead either. It's here. And it's definitely more prevalent in the South. So I lived up yeah. there in the Midwest, um, in Michigan area. And um, yeah, it's not dead. It's here.
2: So now, now too, I, I read like the thing about, like what was it, trophies and stuff like that. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go out like way, and this is not even a branch. I had a great dad. and had a great dad, taught me a lot of things taught me to be respectful to women, taught me to be respectful to my elders, taught me to do all that, taught me, you know, whether it be for an elderly individual, handicapped individual, female, anything, n- another person, just be good and be nice. So I never, I never, ever heard my father, maybe, maybe I don't know, I'd ever heard him say as like, as a trophy, because I can remember shrugging when dad had like the conversations with me about, you know, how to be a good man or how to be, you know, a respectful gentleman and things like that. So I don't
4: know. So we actually had a discussion. If you want to hear the voice of the new generation, which is not me, but it is uh, the app that I have. <laughs> um, so we actually had this discussion on intelligence Every Saturday, they come up, um, my advisory board, they come up with a topic. This was one of the topics, unrelated to this discussion, but this was one of the topics that they uh, wanted to talk about. Like, how do you feel about you know, boys or men opening the doors for you or paying for dinner or things like that. And it was a lively discussion. And I think the bottom line was some things are awesome because, you know, that's just common sense and also politeness. And um, uh, the bottom line was they like people who are nice to them. (laughs) They also like to be nice to other people. So they will open the door if somebody needs the door open for them as well, even though they are, they identify as women. Um, so everybody was pretty clear about that. Like having someone help you maybe carry something very heavy. If you are not as strong as this other person, on average, the man is stronger than the woman. So that, you know, something they can help with. Um, they were not okay with the, you know, paying for dinner. That's something that should be shared. Sometimes, especially if they're, you know, on the same, yeah, both students or both high schoolers or both, you know, college students, then there's not really no reason for the boy to pay for the girl or the man to pay for the woman. Um, so basically, they said it's really nice when people do
5: nice things for you. It doesn't have to be gender specific. Yeah, someone from the younger generation, I think when we say chivalry is dead, not in the sense that it doesn't exist anymore, but in the sense that it should be dead, um, like for <laughs> opening a woman's door, pulling out a woman's chair, allowing a woman to enter first. Um, You know, that doesn't have to be in relation to chivalry. It can be just plain courtesy. And when we kind of connect that and extend it to women, I think that that behavior of chivalry masks itself as courtesy while kind of concealing like this assertion of inequality. And we'll go more into that when we talk about like the workplace and et cetera. (laughs)
0: And I think, I don't know, I think to kind of play off of that, if we think about like, what a lot of the definitions of chivalry are, right, is that it's like men doing things properly, right? And whether it's how they treat women or just, you know, religious and moral system that they're, how they're supposed to behave. I think now, because like, we don't have knights, right, anymore, and we don't have, you know, these different systems that we uh, interpret maybe, or often, the definition of that is interpreted differently, and that it it becomes more just curty, you know, being courteous or respectful. But I think, like, since we've been kind of digging in on this, that it's interesting that we've shifted it this way. But maybe not everybody perceives it that way, and that it it, you know, it shouldn't. Maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe we should just say instead of being chivalrous, we're being courteous, right? Like, in yeah. in that. That we should maybe, like Nikki said, like, do we should we kill the word chivalry and just like retire it to and use a different word, right? That implies maybe something different,
2: right? I can tell you as a man, like, chivalry it can be used in a very wrong way to make y'all feel a woman feel uncomfortable, you know. For instance, if I'm to go on a date or something like that, and they, you know, I want to pay or I want to do this or I want to do that, and I say, no, well, I keep saying, well, oh, no, 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 no. No, no. Whenever you get told that, you know, somebody's not comfortable or something, you know, they don't prefer. It, no, then that's a no. But it can be twisted. As a man, I know it can. It can be used for the very wrong way to make people feel uncomfortable. But in I think in a guy's mind, it's that mm, I got like I'm the guy. I'm like, you know, Hebrew and I'm supposed to be all blah, blah, blah. But it can be twisted. So. But, yeah, I, believe, I agree. It should be more so of just a common courtesy term.
1: And I think like none of the definitions capture the context of romance in this, right. And it is a romanticized word. Yeah. And so we're, we're kind of ignoring that right now, right? Like we're saying men can be chivalrous, women can be chivalrous, but the messaging from a young age for us, right. As, as women, um, maybe the the older generations of us, right. That are here, um, you know, chivalry was definitely, you know, you want a chivalrous man because that's that's the romantic ideal, right? Um, and now it's like floating, that word floats around in all kinds of contexts and gets mixed up. So I think that that is where
3: it gets a little dicey. I think sometimes chivalry and just being courteous is getting mixed up. Opening the door, all of us do that, I hope, and that's just a courteous behavior. So to help, me, that's not the definition of Schibbert. help
2: me understand where the as a man, because I'm a man, obviously, you know, <laughs> help me understand where the inferiority comes from on that right there,
3: like how I would feel inferior. Um, maybe if I told him no, I don't need you to, and he still did it because he didn't think I could I understand that, then you're then then that's okay. not good.
1: And I think it expands it beyond the physical strength difference, right? Like, right. We, we're talking about physical strength as being the only difference. Well, like, did I did
2: I make two guys feel inferior earlier today? No. because I was really, you know, nice to them. No, you were just
1: helping. <laughs> yeah. um. I mean, but to be honest, nobody's calling you chivalrous for doing that, Mike, right? Or or Sangeeta. We're chivalrous. Right. Like when I think of it, it, it does come up in romantic contexts, right? And so, what you're talking about, Sangeeta, with you and your husband, right? Like that's because you're in a relationship, a romantic partnership, right? So, I mean, I guess that, that leads us into the the next um, like topic or prompt. Yeah, does chivalry infer inequality, right?
0: And, and I think Nikki was starting to kind of broach this conversation. I think it
5: does infer you know, some level of inequality just because a lot of, there are times when chivalry is done in the context when it inconveniences you. So for instance, you might be doing something by your car, but you see someone like heading towards the door and you have to stop everything you do and head towards the door. And it's like, why? Like, what is the context behind that? What's the deeper meaning behind that? And I think it's this underlying assumption.
1: Is that a man's perspective? The man is like working on like something in his car and then he feels like the need to jump up and like go help the the poor woman, <laughs> you know, yeah, open the door or,
2: for her. You no, know, that's uh Thinking right
5: there, or if you're on a date and it's equally as both people are equally as capable to to do something, but it's more inconvenient for you to open the door for her because maybe she's closer to the restaurant door, but you still do it anyway. You rush up to it, right? But it's inconvenient for you. That's that feels strange to me we got to absorb that Gen
1: Z knowledge.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It depends on what what kind of behavior we're talking about. But we have so many other bigger problems to solve about gender inequality and to fight for gender equality. Um, But I don't feel like opening the door is necessarily the biggest problem that we have right now. Um, You know, um, but I do think that we should... Um, kind of teach uh, kids that you know, teach young girls, that they are capable, you know, they're capable of doing all of those things. They're capable of carrying their own books at school or they're capable of opening doors uh, and they should open doors for others and they should, you know, help others the same, just the same way that we teach kids, uh, boys. And the whole behavior of, you know, I am the provider, I'm the breadwinner, and I'm going to pay for everything for you and buy you stuff. And then you will owe me your freedom. That should go. <laughs> that that should no longer exist. Um, in terms of just being, you know, nice and moving the chair and opening the door, you know, I don't, I don't personally see a problem with that. I think, it you know, I, I know for me and my husband, we, we do that for each other. There's no difference for that. But there is a difference in carrying heavy things. I can carry a lot, but when it crosses crosses a certain threshold, he just has higher muscle mass than I do.
2: No doubt. I think the lines only cross whenever you know and understand that you know you may feel somebody somebody feel uncomfortable.
0: I think that's also like I think it's hard being on this call because obviously there is a, a group of very um strong independent <laughs> women on this call who who are okay with saying, right, like Oh, like, no, you don't need to do that. Or I've got this, or, or like, this makes me feel uncomfortable. But I think, like, I think even for me, that's still hard to tell people, like, this kind of makes me uncomfortable, <laughs> like, for whatever reason, especially if it's not like, like they're trying to be nice, right? And like, but it's making me uncomfortable, even though they have the best of intentions. It's not something that's easy to like, to tell somebody else, right? Like, that, like, thank you, but please stop doing this right like so I think that maybe for us it might be easy to kind of see those things but I don't know if it's easy for everyone to articulate right like that they feel uncomfortable or that you're accidentally making them feel inferior right or an unequal to to kind of you
1: I mean I actually think it's a bigger conversation um I I think it is part of the the bigger topics of inequality. Like the more I'm like kind of thinking about it because these little behaviors, like you know, if if a boy, a little boy sees that right and models himself after that kind of behavior, thinking that every time there's like a woman, that I need to abandon whatever, like you know, what Nikki's, you know, if you think about that that situation, it's so inconvenient, but I have to do it for a woman no matter what i have to give up my seat on a subway right for a woman whether like i have like a foot injury or whatever right like then what what are you internalizing as like young children like what are boys internalizing what are girls internalizing in terms of their and, and beyond the scope of just our husbands and our you know partners romantic partners what are we internalizing about the differences between men and women in all scenarios right like fine to do that strength you know there's like a strength difference between in a, in a romantic partnership but you know out there when you're exploring partnerships or you're you know in a work environment I, I i think there's your the messaging is that women are the the you know weaker in all senses right like could you be internalizing all of that then i i don't know if that's what you're touching on nikki um I completely agree with what you, you I think said. I work for like company, I,
2: y'all.
5: Like, <laughs> of
1: course, um,
2: it's just not this crazy as the company. Like I feel like we're for a good place. Thank y'all.
5: <laughs> yeah, of course. I don't think that um, you know, oh, some man holding a door, like, is the worst of inequality. Like I know that there are greater problems, but like you said, Dr. Chandra, when people internalize those things, they compound and they co they coexist. And what does that feed your subconscious? When you're in the workplace and you're working with other women, what does that tell you? And I think it's really important just to kind of sit back and reevaluate how those little things can perpetuate harm. And um similar to how we should tell girls, like you can carry your own books, we should tell boys that women are also capable of carrying their own books. I think that's also an equally important message to to tell.
1: <laughs> I mean I think that's that's what I am hearing is like how I raise my son maybe you know, cause we, it's kind of, it's not like victim shaming in a sense, but like, you know, if we just keep all the messaging is towards women, right. Well, how are the boys then adopting and changing to, you know, like actually recognizing that women can be equal in different contexts. They have to see those contexts. They have to, you know, basically they have to start thinking outside the box, all the boxes, right. To open their minds up.
2: That's not really an out of the box thing though I think that's just the 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 dad or the you know the male role model that you had like I told you it was never taught to me in a way that it was because it was female because it was an age, a race, uh, anything I grew up in a restaurant with just very diverse area poor off of Texas. you know and it was just taught just be cool
1: I was kind of thinking about you as being like the, the mother of sons that are older, like mine is too little. I mean, maybe he's not too little because he, he is picking up on all these differences and, and he tries to go up to his older sister um, and be like, you know, Hey, Ashna, look at me. I'm, I'm stronger. I have like these muscles, right? Like, so the messaging is out there in cartoons, right? Like in like these superheroes and how they're rescuing and, and, he is trying to dominate, you know, he's trying to, I mean, like, I don't know if maybe dominate's a strong word for a four-year-old, but you know, that 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 messaging that he's internalizing that, you know, hey, there's a physical strength difference which makes me somehow superior in mm-hmm. like I can save you. And so there I isn't, mean by the way, at that age, right? There isn't a physical difference. Yeah. No, there isn't a strength at difference before. <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely not. No, he is. You know, half her size, but you know, so but he is like internalizing this this mm-hmm. concept, and so you know, it's just kind of you know, like how how did you battle that kind of messaging in your like how when you raise your sons, like how do you even counter that?
4: Yeah, so I think like we uh, are are raising or raised our son. Like, I I do have an eighteen year old, so I can say raised. Uh, um, I think different, just the way we thought it should be We never had TV. like we only have a Netflix since it would existed, you know, so basically they don't they never watched those shows, really. Um, and we never had those issues. Like they had the toys, they had the playhouse and the kitchen. They even okay, I, uh, all right, I'm not gonna embarrass them. so uh, they had there. all the things girls have, <laughs> and all the things boys have. And they played with the babies and they fed the babies, you know, little dolls and all those things we encouraged. Um, They did gravitate towards certain toys at certain times. When my son was eight, um, he came into the room, uh, to my bedroom one day and he's like, are you a feminist? And I'm like, "Um, okay, first of all, we've been talking about feminism since the day you were born. (laughs) So why are you asking? But you know, it suddenly dawned on him and I'm like, yes, of course I am. Um, And he's like, so you think girls are better than boys? And I was like, well, no, I think girls are equal to boys. You know, men are equal to women. That is what feminism is, that we are equal to each other. And he thinks about this for like two seconds and he says, then why is there a word for it? So very proud.
1: (laughs) I want us to try to think outside of just differences in physical strength. Um, When does chivalry cross the line in a professional environment? Outside of our boyfriends and wives and girlfriends and whatnot,
2: it depends on who you're working with. Because my vice president, she's a tiger. She's she's a, she's like, yeah, you don't cross her. She's she's a really nice, really strong, you know, great lady. But I don't think I feel, you know, I think I feel like she got it. You know, is that but is that wrong of me to think that way because of you know her position and things like that? Is it wrong of me to think that way? Uh, you probably got your own door.
1: But yeah, so outside of the door opening, like think Mm -hmm. outside, think of other contexts when you have described someone's behavior as chivalrous in your mind or how society sees behaviors as being chivalrous.
3: So, Rich, I'm not going to go too outside the box. I'll get there. But (laughs) I will say there's one thing that really irritated me. I work with my husband, my brother and my dad. And um, I'm also an Indian woman in oil and gas. So here I am. And I'm running the engineering department. How awesome is that? So, of course, these inspectors and people that come in, they're not talking to me about any technical issues. They're talking to whoever else is next to me, usually the male, but that person doesn't always know what's going on, and I'll respond. So, it's taken time, and and I've, I've gotten there, but when I go into a meeting to discuss some issues, and there's like a big customer table full of people waiting for me to come, and engineering is going to come and present, and my husband pulled out my chair for me to sit down, I almost lost it. And I, I, I sat and I did whatever, Didn't because at that. that point, I get it. It's just a courteous and this and that. But I'm trying no. to set um, uh, my, my com- not command of the room, but I'm trying to to say, I can do this. This is why you're going to listen to me, and this that. And that set the wrong message that people are no, like, was, Oh, was your
2: command of the room, you were the leader of their room,
3: yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it was. And then he opened, and then there, you know, they it was just odd. So th- there is a place for that stuff, and yes, maybe it's Texas too. just like you say, romanticize it's okay when he's my husband at home, right? Whatever. No, uh, but when we're at the office, I'm your equal, don't you dare pull my chair out, I will come in. And I will sit down because I'm trying to present to the room, and I don't want ever to feel unequal at that point, point. Um, and that people look differently at me versus others. Unless he he pulls the chair out for everyone else in the room, then <laughs> that's fine. But he doesn't, so it did yeah, not work I mean, out well.
1: Yeah, I would flip out. I out. I would. I would flip out too. I mean, like I think all of us cringed. Yes. from inside <laughs> like, yeah. like hearing that like oh no yeah. like if any of our our husbands did that and we were in a professional setting
3: right but, but in, in his defense i think it's just that he it's my wife i was going to take care of, so i don't think he did it to say oh you know she's inferior in this setting um but
2: you know, these skills aren't really taught yeah so, you know being in leadership so much you've you're really never trained Oh. They can't any any leadership role, whether you're a director, a VP, you know, president, they're just you just kinda put into the role. And I guess the expectation is because of your education and your experience that you don't quite need the training.
0: I think it's also like I feel like if if it was in a context where you hadn't been fighting so hard to be like taken seriously in your role, like on a regular basis, that stuff like that maybe wouldn't be as big of a deal, right? But because I feel like so constantly, we are fighting to do the thing that's going to make us be taken seriously, and, and like respected at the table, that if it was just a common thing where you're just as respected as the person next to you, that it wouldn't be as big a deal if your husband and pulled yeah. out your chair yeah. but because so often we're fighting you know we're calling for every little ounce of like she's just as smart as he is or she's yeah. just as capable in doing these things as as the male counterpart that that those small nuances right just have even more of a like deficit for like all the ground we just gained yeah. right like now we're starting back back yeah. here where if it wasn't like that, I think some
1: of these things, like, wouldn't necessarily be as big of a deal. I'm just thinking of, like, um, as I came up, like, with this, this prompt, I thought of, um, you know, so there's the intersectionality of culture, and we kind of already touched on it, like, you know, how the differences between the South and, like, you know, um, East Coast, West Coast, right, like, there's those differences. Mm -hmm. Um, There's differences in, like, Asian culture, um, South Asian, East Asian, um, Latino culture, right? Like that, and and we're like, we're such a diverse, I mean, maybe, you know, where we live, it's so diverse that, you know, all of those things are running into together, right? And I think of, um, you know, when a male student, okay, we're gonna go to the opening the doors thing, but that that little extra bow down, right? So and it, that's this is like not good to do on a podcast because nobody can see what I'm doing. But um, you know, like opening the door and then kind of like you know, uh, <laughs> a male student doing that—that that is very chivalrous, but not—it's very creepy.
2: Creeper alert!
1: As a oh, professor. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's, I mean, I'm probably not doing a good job of it. I need like props here, but um, you know, like with the door and then just kind of like a slight bow down, um, you know, like after you, like a little after you. Oh. And I've never had a female student do that for me. I've had female students like grab the door. Cause I'm holding too many things as I walk into a classroom, but that little extra bit that has nothing to do with physical strength yeah. difference, yeah. that slight nuance of, you know, chivalry, that, is very awkward from a professor perspective, a female professor. And, and you know he wouldn't do it for a male professor.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, we blame it on being a, a young a young kid, young boy. That's just a young boy. That's being ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, not everybody's like that.
1: But I mean, like it's I said, probably yeah. good messaging. I mean, in terms of like, you know, it's nothing. You, you One could just say it's good manners, right? Like we could, we could go and in that direction
2: now again hi. though now one good thing that would help out men tremendously is just tell us <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean this is someone half my age who is could be my child right like i mean
2: <laughs> it's still an adult though because you know what i mean and sometimes stop if you don't tell way. somebody
1: yeah stop that way that's weird <laughs> i think it, it it comes back to context right um And, you know, the part that is not in any of the dictionary definitions of chivalry is that that romantic component. And, you know, fact is that in modern society, it is a romanticized ideal. And so anytime that intermingles in a professional setting, I think that that's where we're getting into a lot of gray area that can infer inequalities and then can be exacerbated to other things, right? As soon as that switch turns on in the mind that somehow, like, I'm the one who leads things.
3: Oh, I have another one. We're at a business dinner, and my dad does this. He gets, uh, anytime I have to go to the restroom, he stands up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you have to sit back down. I was like, you can't do that here. But I mean, I mean, he's 76 years old, I'm not going to change that. But at that time, uh, you know, again, it's timing, it's, Also, I was entering oil and gas. I was meeting these people. And at that point, you know, I'm also his daughter. So he's, he struggled. We struggled a lot at the beginning. I think I've done much better now, 10 years later, and he has too. But um, he just, he couldn't stop, you know, he was. Took care of me he did those things but then we'd be like hey here's the engineering manager in our uh, Texas facility and then I get up to go to the restroom and my my dad gets up and then my brother feels bad he gets up my husband gets up and I'm <laughs> like oh no we got we gotta all sit down You do not get up for me when I have to go to the restroom
2: so this is definitely culture change whether yeah. be like from whether it be from to the south or whether it be from Asia it's a culture yeah. change yeah. And I don't know about y'all but I've never seen a culture change happen. Very quickly, so Uh you know, I feel like we're right here. What we're doing is pushing that culture change, and now you've got the perfect chance being HR, to because no one taught us this (laughs) in HR. You know, I've I've had HR meetings on how to deal with represented, you know, bargaining unit people, uh, the union, different, you know, different things like that. But no, we're not really taught this in corporatist leadership things like that. You know, we have the sexual harassment, you know, videos and CBTs yeah. and things like that. But, you know, how them go. you see them every year. It it doesn't die. I, it's I don't know. So
3: that that's no in anything
2: no, With any of our kind of like diversity CBTs, but they don't mention anything about this kind of stuff.
3: I don't know how you put this in a training uh, video. I think it's so, it's a soft skill that almost like when you see it, you have to stop it. But and beyond that, there's not going to be a video saying, hey, you know when somebody walks in the room and if you're normally going to pull out their chair, don't do it in a meeting. Like, I don't, I don't think we can, we can identify those things. It's almost when you see it, you're like, Nope, that's not good. I
1: and mean, it's not illegal. It's not it's, yeah. It's like <laughs> my, it's yeah,
3: exactly. my, that's true.
1: It's, but it's, I think it's uh, on par with like microaggression, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's there. It's in that arena. And so for the 15% of our listeners that are men, <laughs>
3: <you
1: Yeah. know? laughs> Maybe pause and think about that, right? On the next episode of WiseCast, we have a fantastic conversation with Stephanie Slocum, an industrial engineer and author of Amazon bestseller, She Engineers, a practical career guide that goes beyond social commentary on gender issues in engineering. Our conversation with Stephanie is about using self-advocacy to level up your career. You'll get a lot of insight from our conversation with her. Don't forget the deadline to submit to
0: our blog contest is July 31st. If you win, you'll get to join us and be a guest
1: on one of our WiseCast episodes. And we are having our first in-person networking event on August 10th at Bar Boheme in Houston. We would love to meet you in real life. Check out our website for all these details. We appreciate your listenership
0: and support as we close the gaps and promote equity in STEM. Thanks again for listening.
1: I'm Dr. Amber Miller. And I am Dr. Richa Chandra.